What is good, streaming people? Welcome to Canell and Bell alongside Raja Bell. I'm Tommy Trent in for Danny Canell. And boy, oh boy, here on a Monday, the talk is still about Andrew Luck this weekend. We're going to break that down right now in terms of what it means for him, the Colts, the sport of football in general. Raja, it's interesting because, you know, I, like most people on Twitter, mm-hmm. Saturday night watching that uh, Florida Miami game, and all of a sudden it was like, wait, what? Like, is this the real Schefter? Like, I mean, and then everybody just ba 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 ba. Like, oh my wow, oh my god, da da da. How did you find out? Yeah, we were watching the Miami game. It was a, we had some people over. None of us are tweeters or twitters or twitters. I was going to say, yep, on the twits. Yeah, so we saw it come across in red at the bottom of the screen, and I didn't even know what I was looking at because I was watching the Miami game, and someone read it. I had to pause it and rewind it, which threw the whole house into a but. Like we we were just flabbergasted. Like no, you know, we were like anyone else I would imagine in the country, other than maybe his family. No one could see that coming. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, Adam Schefter Saturday night, and again, this was something that now we found out that Andrew Luck was going to announce on Sunday, uh-huh. and then it gets leaked out on Saturday while they're playing a preseason game. And That's- again, there's going to be a lot to unpack in terms of how the fans reacted and what happened. But basically, again, Andrew Luck. Uh, calling it a career, you know, before the age of 30, a guy that people were talking about, a generational talent like John Elway coming yep. out of Stanford. And not just because he was coming out of Stanford, but again, here is Andrew Luck talking about why, explaining why he's calling it a career. For the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in-season both in o- and off-season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away. Uh, and uh, this... Sorry. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. Taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in, uh, come, come to the proverbial fork in the road, uh, and, and I, I made a vow to myself that if I ever did again, I would choose choose me in a sense. So again, Andrew Luck retiring from the game of football at the age of 29. He had just been coming back, NFL comeback player of the year with the shoulder surgery from the year before, now dealing with, again, a lower leg injury because people don't really know. Raja, before I give my take on, on everything that's happened, as a former player, how did you interpret and listen to what Andrew Luck was saying there? Um, look, I, I have mixed emotions. Um, clearly, he's given this a lot of thought, and, and it wasn't just a recent thing. Like He alluded to 2016 and having the conversation about if he ever felt like that again. So this isn't something that just sprung up. It doesn't seem to be kind of knee-jerk. Uh, knee-jerk reaction for him to to his circumstances right now my first thought was is it deeper than that like is there something else really wrong with him do you know what i mean like you typically you don't see guys just walk away uh because they they've had some injuries especially not your your franchise guy like that 
Uh, I want to be clear though, um, as a former athlete, if, if, uh, if you don't feel like your heart is in it anymore, like I support him shutting it down. Like that, I, I don't have a problem with that if he doesn't feel like he can put in to it what he needs to put into it to be the player that his teammates and that franchise need him to be. It's just a really, really weird set of circumstances, uh, that he retires under, you know, th- the money that he owes back to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He owes him almost $25 million. Them not deciding to recoup any of that. Uh, that's another very interesting thing for me. I don't know how many other players would be afforded, you know, th- that luxury. I don't, I don't have the answer to that. Um, and then I get to the question of, yeah, you, you're saying you did the responsible thing because you couldn't give your team um, what you needed to be able to give them, uh, to give them the best chance to win. And again, I respect your decision to retire. Uh, the timing, though, is still bad, right? It still puts them in a really, really tough spot. Um, you've taken them all the way up to week three or week four of training camp or whatever it is, uh, and preseason games, and now you're essentially – you know, you know, bailing on, on the process and Jacoby Brissett and that team is sitting around like, what do we do now? Jacoby might be excited about it, but you know, the teams get left in a really, really bad spot. So I can support him. Um, I can wonder whether there's other things going on with him. Like, you know, mentally, there's been a lot of mental health stuff mm-hmm. recently. Uh, depression is a real thing. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to any of that, but I can support you in, in, in everything that you said you're going to do here and still say that the timing of this was, was terrible and you've left Indianapolis in a really, really tough spot. Yeah. There were two things. That stuck out to me and, and timing, as you mentioned, I think was a big thing. And, and it happened on a Saturday when a lot of people are at least watching some football game, whether it's the indie fans, they're watching their preseason mm-hmm. game or, or both of us. And, and a lot of people watching the college football game to start the season. The timing is bad. The wording is bad, too. Right. And, and what I mean by that is let me just read again Adam Schefter's original tweet on Saturday that just blew up Twitter. Again, Andrew Luck has informed the Colts he's retiring from the NFL per source. There will be a press conference Sunday to make it official, but Luck is mentally worn down and now checking out. That last part is what everybody on Twitter took and used on one side or the other, which is the mentally worn down and the now checking out. And you mentioned how you're not a big Twitter guy, the group that you were with, they're not big it's funny, by the way, to, to old, you know, old school to watch a ticker at the bottom. Yeah. Breaking news. Sure. Actual on TV before Twitter. I found it on Twitter first and then, of course, uh, started doing some things. But that's the thing that the mentally worn down and the checking out and the timing because it then it becomes the conversation of the word quit, right? Yeah. Did he quit. Yeah. And did he, did he not leave? Now, here's the thing that I would offer, try to offer some context. And again, we will probably get to learn more as it comes out. It's his injury history. And it's his injury history with that franchise, right? It's it's him going through being a young quarterback, being a franchise quarterback, the shoulder injury that missed him, forced him to miss the entire season. Mm-hmm. Then he comes into this year, and again, when you hear lower leg injury, that's like a hockey term because they don't hockey doesn't give out very specific injuries. The NFL does because that's what they do. You have that's why they had those designations of questionable and doubtful and all probable and all that stuff. And then they kind of reconfigured it, you know, recently to try to kind of make it a little bit easier to to diagnose, but yeah. as we take a look at his injury history, again, high ankle injury, lower leg injury, you don't know, and and I just wonder, Raja, how much of the situation between him, the conversations with either his doctor, the team doctors, and the owner, Jim Ursay, about how they handled this latest injury that led Andrew Luck to deciding that he had enough. Uh, 
I I don't have the 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 answer to that. Um, the, you know, the abdominal tear, lacerated kidney, like that's a really strange injury. If he's dealing with the situation right now, and I don't have the answer again to like to the point of his doctor says it's one thing, an undetectable injury. We we can't an undiagnosable injury, a la Kawhi Leonard. Right, like remember Kawhi Leonard? It was a it was a quad, and my doctor says it's a knee, and the Spurs say it's a you know that's kind of like that lacerated kidney where you're like what like you know I, not only do I have the stress of actually being injured and not being able to participate, but now there's this lingering doubt as to whether or not I'm getting the right diagnosis or not, and that's stressing me out, and um, it's taking its toll on me like that. You know that's a that's a situation that's a very real stressor uh, if you're an athlete when you can't figure out exactly what is wrong, why you can't go out there, and your body won't do the things that you know it can do. I don't know that to be the case or not. I, I do know whether it's fair or not that when you walk away like that, when, you know, it's not like you had a, a, a horrific ACL injury or, you know, you, you had a compound fracture in your leg or, you know, like it's not like someone can see the injury and say, oh my God, like you're never going to play again. Whether this is right or wrong, mm-hmm. there are always going to be questions um, about, his mental toughness and his toughness. Sure. There will, whether that, like, I am not siding on one side or the other, but when you leave like this and say, Hey, look, I just don't want to put up with the, the, um, you know, the rehab and, and the doing all of this, the rigors, you're, they're going to be questions. And, and, you know, that's something that, that he'll have to deal with. And that's exactly what Twitter went through. And even still this morning, yep. you know, 48 hours after the big news, someone's, st- people use the, again, the tweet that I just mentioned, the, the dynamic of how it ended. And then, you're on this side of the fence or you're on this side of the fence and then everyone else is throwing hand grenades out the other way. So, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to see what the true injury is. And again, I, I almost though like it too that, that there's some clarity and finality now as opposed to, again, maybe an injury that lingers and you just don't know. And are you waiting? It's just kind of, you know, he, he made it pretty clear. But Tommy, like, listen, I, I mean, again, I've sided with Andrew Luck, but you give me a lower extremity type of injury, unless we're talking blood clots. Okay. Like, like, um, uh, kid's name with the, with the heat. Um, I shouldn't call him a kid because he's my age. Chris Bosch, right? Yeah, Bosch. Talking leg clots, uh, or blood clots in your leg. Something that, you know, that's not, that's going to be a lingering thing, right? Like it's, you risk, you know, possible death by playing and stuff like that. You're talking high ankle sprain. You're talking about tibia fracture or fibula, any of those things. Right. Broken leg like Alex Smith. I mean, you come back from those. Bad injury. Well, no, those are those horrific looking ones. That's a different story, right? But like any of the ones that, that, that are like lingering little nagging issues. I mean, those aren't things you typically see people shut down a career over at 29 years old, right? Yeah. What about the notion of the timing of his age? Uh, a guy that people think is in his prime. He's not even 30 years old. We're seeing Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady play well into their 30s and, and even for Brady into his 40s. The, the names that have been brought up, obviously, Barry Sanders, Calvin sure. Johnson, Jim Brown. Um, I'm just trying in my head thinking of like the most Oh, bleep moments when it happened, trying to figure it out. I mean, those are a few. I mean, Magic back when Magic Ma- first had his thing. Magic's was, yeah, when that came out, I remember being in a gym, in a high school gym, like what, WTF, like, oh my, what the heck is going on here, right? Like that one, even Michael retiring after, um, what was it, that third championship, mm-hmm. just kind of out of the blue, he had, I think he had lost his dad and said he was going to hang it up and go play baseball. That one was a shocker, you know? I mean, obviously, he was the GOAT. I don't think Andrew Luck's the GOAT, but that was a tremendous shocker. Pat Tillman going to join the army just because of its, you know, you were leaving football to join the army. Like that was as commendable as it was. I think it, people were like, what the heck are you doing? You know? Um, but this one's right up there. I mean, 
and especially for the reasons like you're saying that you you just don't want to go through the process of getting yourself healthy again um that's going to be a surprise um and unless you're in your 40s and tom brady i think has afforded the right to do that without being questioned Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean but at 29 years old you're always going to have to answer questions if that's the reasoning for your retirement we talk about what Andrew Luck is leaving on the table, what he owes the Colts, which, again, the team says that uh, they will not require him to pay back. That's incredible. That's, that's incredible. So there's conspiracy theories that's out incredible. there. They say it's a bit of a, like, hey, our bad. That way we handle yeah. things. You don't have to pay us back because of possibly how we handle things. Before we get to Jim Mersey, the owner, and talking about the situation with his team right now, we showed the graphic of some notable guys that have retired mm-hmm. right around 30 or before that. And specifically in terms of the NFL, we are seeing more now in, in an age of more information, more about CTE, more about player safety and health. I mean, we just ad nauseum talking about AB's sure. helmet thing. You talk about Calvin Johnson, you talk about Andrew Luck. That's two notable stars within the last three or four years. And I'll even sprinkle in some other less notable players, um, in San Francisco, they had the situation where Patrick Willis was a really good player, decided to call it a career early. Now, he had some injuries. He said it wasn't worth playing through. But right. Obviously, he did that you know, uh, at a much better time of the year. But the funny thing is Chris Borland, the guy that replaced him with the Niners, played well. And then he was a young player, like literally like second year in the league. He's yeah. like, I'm done with football. I don't need it. How much do you think we may see more players – Look at an Andrew Luck or Calvin Johnson in football where we know it's such a physical, violent sport to give up possibly tens of millions of dollars and, and go somewhere else. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you're seeing it play out right before your eyes. Like it's becoming a more prevalent thing. Guys are more willing to walk away, um, and, and maybe trade some of the, the, the financial, you know, gains for health in the long run, you know? And I think every situation is unique and, what type of beating has your body endured to get to where you are? Like how much do you have left on your odometer, right? That the body is like a car. I mean, you only have so many miles on it. And so you know, what has your path to this point been? How many concussions have you had? How many, you know, separated shoulders or broken clavicles have you endured? Like, and so I think that formula is different for everyone, but you are definitely seeing a trend um, in the NFL of guys saying, you know, I've made it. I've put away some money, like I've, I've earned some money and made a living out of it. Or even, you know, I've reached the end game, which is making it to the NFL and I've lived a dream for a few years and now I want to go on and live my life. And I think you'll probably see, you know, I don't, I, I, people will continue to do that. I don't know that it's going to be like a trend where you see, you know, you know, tens and twenties and, you know, hundreds of guys doing that year in and year out. But I, I do think you'll see guys continue to do it. And I think if one sport to be, if to be completely honest, can kind of absorb these types of things, I think it's the NFL because you have, you, have, you know, 32 teams, you have all these huge roster moves. And unless it's like the top of the top, and it's really offensively too, right? Right. You just mentioned Willis and Borland, defensive guys. It's like you don't miss them as much. They're not as notable. It would it, only be like if if like a Mahomes decided to call it quits, like literally like right. after one more year or maybe two more years. Well, this one's really interesting too in another comment because the quarterback position, I think if you polled quarterbacks that have played over the last 20 years, it's as safe as it's ever been. Like they're as protected as they've ever been as a species, right? And so – you know, to see him walk away at this point when you'd have to imagine, you know, you got Tom Brady out there rolling out. He's 40 some years old. You know what I mean? And he's still talking about playing. So, 
you know, that, that makes this one even more interesting that he shut it down. All right. I want to get into the crowd reaction that was in Lucas Oil Stadium, mm -hmm. um, and how that from a player perspective would feel. But before we do that, the, the Andrew Luck retiring his owner, Jim Ursay, maybe not 100% sold on that notion. I mean, this is an unusual situation. I mean, we see Tiger Woods come back and win the Masters. We see, you know, different things. Michael Jordan retire and unretire. I mean, in this case, um, you know, we just wish him the best and, and maybe that he finds some clarity and maybe, you know, again, he's just going to be 30 years old, uh, late next summer or, you know, right around there. And so, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, he, he has to find his way. And he was very specific to say, Hey, you know, this has been my journey. No one else's journey. All right. So there's Jim Ursay potentially leaving the door open from his end, obviously to have his franchise quarterback sure. back. Should Andrew Luck have a change of heart? And I think, you know, that's what, as an owner, you just kind of have to lay it out there. And, and maybe the money thing, too, in terms of not recouping the money, wants to have Andrew feel pretty good about it. Yeah. He never decides, uh, you know, Indy's a place where you can come back and, and be okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you do it. I mean, I saw a tweet this morning from a former quarterback. He got, he got destroyed, um, for saying it, but his point was like, why not just take some time off? Like, why not, instead of just shutting it down with a full retirement, just pull a, hey, I need to step away for a little while and kind of reassess life and, you know, priorities and all of that kind of stuff and leave the door open. Um, I guess I kind of am in that camp. Like I, if you know you want to retire unequivocally, then do that. Um, uh, but if you're going to pop back up in a year or so, then, you know, what, like, just take some time away and get yourself back together, you know? Yeah. And again, that's the owner hoping that that is happening potentially a change of mind. But as we've heard from Andrew Luck and everything's pointing to that this retirement looks like it's going to be pretty concrete. All right. I alluded to sort of the reaction. I mentioned how Twitter reacted, which mm -hmm. was crazy. Obviously, former players, those in the media talking about, you know, what Andrew Luck should do, what he shouldn't have done, how much grief we should give him, how much slack we should give him. Then there's the fans. So there is video of when the Colts were playing their preseason game on Saturday, and then the news literally breaks while Andrew Luck's on the sidelines. And, and again, he had planned to announce this to the world Sunday afternoon, but again, the news leaks on Saturday night. And then you have some video where fans are heard booing. Now, again, you can dissect how many fans, how loud. You, you know, there can be fans close to the microphones to make it seem bigger. Maybe it was less, but just your overall thoughts on the actual act of fans booing their franchise quarterback. Um, look, those fans were probably. As surprised as we were by the, no probably about it. They were as surprised as we were and that, and that's their team. That's an emotional reaction, uh, to being blindsided by something. Um, in the moment, uh, you know, I always say in the middle of a game, I, I don't see the value in booing your hometown team. Like we argued this, you know, I've had discussions with Debo about it and Coca and even Danny. Like I don't, I don't know that that ever really works to boo your home, your home team. At that point, he's probably not your home team anymore, though, right? Like, he just retired. So I think what you saw was a genuine emotional reaction to the news that Andrew Luck was retiring. Yeah, I think it's always, and it's not a direct parallel, but recent 
history. Let's just bring up Katie's injury in Toronto, right? Yeah. The NBA Finals. Where yeah. You're not supposed to boo an opposing player, especially if it's hurt. But again, if you're a, a fan base that's never tasted championship before, you've got close before, but LeBron's been in your way. That was genuine. It was a, and then. It was tacky, but then, genuine. Correct. But right. there's that, oh, moment because yeah. you're like oh my god like he's down but then you realize why he's down yeah maybe backtrack i think again i think those that booed andrew luck were invested mike florio pro football talk caught a lot of heat because he was like look these are people that paid season tickets expecting yeah dude andrew luck to sure. be there so they're emotionally invested they're financially invested mm-hmm. which again at people's core whether you're betting on a single game or you're investing tickets and in, into a team in a season again those are financial mm-hmm. emotional investments and I think it boils over when, again, you have a quarterback that has had an injury history. They have a good comeback year. You feel like you're back on the up and up, and then you just literally get hit with a sledgehammer. This was one of the hottest teams going into the season. People had super high expectations yeah. for them. And, again, when you if, if there is a catastrophic, catastrophic issue like in his lower leg and you haven't divulged that, you haven't done him any favors – because that could be like, listen, this you guys have no idea what this is. This thing is going to be career threatening, life threatening. Like people are fine with that. But when you're just saying, "Hey, man, I got a lower leg injury. I'm hanging up," right? People are going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 seven. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24 hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to Canel and Bell, where week zero in the books. Get ready for week one. By the way, shameless plug, we're going to be talking about college football today on CBS Sports HQ for half an hour. Right? Oh, there you go. 4 to 4.30, and then we got our NFL show 4.30 to 5, so make sure to check out that. One thing we will definitely be hitting on is the Miami-Florida game. Mm. Um, mm. I've got, again, um, mixed emotions. Yeah, lay for me, man. It's okay, so lay it down, dude. Um, so I can't figure out whether Florida is not. A top ten, a, a top ten team, right. or if Miami is just closer to where we want to be, receiving more we, votes than we thought we were. Uh, I can't, I haven't figured that out yet. But I said on air, I don't take moral victories away from most games. I'm going to contradict myself. Like I, I didn't love it. We should have, we had a chance to win the game. Like all things considered, but I feel like for a first year head coach, uh, you know, a brand new offensive coordinator, freshman a freshman, or, or yeah, first year starting quarterback. Um, on that stage, we didn't, we didn't embarrass ourselves. Like, I feel like there's, you got two starting tackles on the offensive line. They, they, they look like freshmen, but you know, going forward, if that's just a starting point for us, like for Miami, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I think there's two schools of thought and it, and it partly is due to each team's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think Miami's schedule favors them that this was a game that can help propel them to getting back to at least the bowl game. Maybe, maybe eight wins, you know, that kind of thing with Manny Diaz. Oh, you're bugging, man. We ain't got nothing on the schedule in front of us till the ACC championship. Wow. Game. Okay. Well, come on. Certainly up there a little <laughs> bit higher than I am. I'm just, I'm leaving room for a kind of a, uh oh, like, Jaron Williams is going to nah, look dog, like a redshirt nah, freshman. Nah. You know what I'm saying? That left tackle, Nelson's nah. going to get a little bit of help. Nah. I know he's not going to face Zuniga all the time, but uh, you got to protect your boy. So <laughs> the, the the thing, too, and then on the other side with Florida is that I think, again, you're ranked eighth. A lot of people would joke that you might want to add a number one before that. So they're more look like the top 
18 team in the country. Right. Eighth team in the country. But a lot of that had to do with Felipe Franks, man. Everybody was ready to anoint him as, as taking this next big step. And, boy, he made some throws and, and a couple decisions, that you, especially late in that fourth quarter on that pick that kind of gave the Canes a chance. It was like, man, maybe they're not ready to take that jump just yet. But I think there's still time. Dan Mullen talked about it. they got time to clean it up. Just obviously their schedule in the East there. They're going to have to be there with Georgia, and there's yeah. going to be some other contenders. Then you got to deal with, obviously, Bama down the road, potentially out in the West. So I think there's work to be done with Florida. And same thing with Miami, although I think you're feeling pretty good if you're the U right now. A lot of people are back on and Twitter, man. The, the, the U, the people in the U flood my timeline. It's like nah, we ain't, more than I used to see. We ain't back yet. We're, it, look, Michael again, Irvin certainly but, thought you were back, though. Come on, boy. Michael. Chill, That bro. alkaline water be hitting we, hard. I know, right? We ain't back until we win that game, right? Like, and But I would say, again, like you don't know. It was, you've only seen two college football games this year, right? Yep. You saw, you know, Hawaii and, and oh, Arizona. Fantastic, by the way. Right. And then, and you saw this. So you don't really have any other teams to really base this off of. All you have are preseason rankings. So I would just caution Florida fans, like Manny Diaz has traditionally had top 10 defenses, mm-hmm. right? Like, so yeah, Felipe Franks might have struggled and made some poor decisions, but it wasn't like he was playing against, uh, the you know, cakes yeah, there. he wasn't playing against like, you know, a high school team. Like that was, a, that's going to be a pretty stout defense again at the end of the year. Um, so I would just caution people about really feeling, you know, over the top one way or the other about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. I want to get your thoughts one way or the other. Turnover chain, we know. 305. That this thing is going to be the next installment. Man. Okay. White sapphires. I thought they were diamonds. I'll take the white sapphires. It was fire. Okay. What about the touchdown rank? The brass knuckles? Oh, all the way. I'm all the way in with that. That was like, um, <laughs> that was that, way too much. Come on, bro. Oh, hey, that's like, um, uh, Radio Rahim and Do the Right Thing, right? Love and hate. Those things are phenomenal. And when we get a pick six, when we get a pick six and somebody can rock the turnover chain with the touchdown rings, that's when you're cooking with grease. No other program in the country can get away with that either first quarter, second quarter action and not get completely destroyed. No other, no other program in the country can get away with the period. University of okay. Miami. What's next? Going to be you're going to get the grill going. I don't know. Maybe the... <laughs> who knows? You know what I love though? I listened to Manny on the way in, and this is I know this is at the Hurricane Hour here yeah. on CBS Sports Network, but okay. like uh, or CBS Sports HQ. But the, the I love the fact that he embraces that. Like I heard him on the radio this morning, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, bro. Like we want it all. Give us all of that smoke. We want them in all kind of bling. Like if you get to the end zone, we're going to celebrate that, and we're not going to be ashamed of celebrating it." Okay. And I, what are you fan or not? I like fun. Do you know what I mean? And that's fun. So I'm cool with that. All right. I'm waiting for the Paul Wall grill. <laughs> next to you, whatever. Wait till you see my son's new mouthpiece then. <laughs> uh, we also saw some Tate Martell. Uh-huh. Those that might know, of course, the highly touted transfer from Iowa State. QB1 Netflix alum right now. Uh, the receiver position, look, he... He's out there now because Jaron Williams is the one slinging it around. Didn't really throw it, obviously. More of used as a decoy. Here he is again, use down, kind of a, a situation where trying to get the defense honest. At least he's out there on the field, not not really pouting. At least seems like it's okay. I mean, he can't transfer again, right? I love his attitude, though. I mean, for a guy who had gotten knocked uh, for for you know some of his actions and the way he reacted to certain situations, yeah, like this is a real. Um, this is a real adult move, right? This is a mature decision from a young kid. He's probably already realized, I, I would think, that playing quarterback, if your aspirations were NFL, probably isn't a realistic you know, expectation at this point when you haven't won the job at two different spots. You've already transferred, so you know there, there's not a whole lot of 
you know, options available to you. He's, he's really, really athletic. He, pro, he provides a, a, another wrinkle that defenses have to adjust to. And if he becomes and matures into a nice slot receiver, that could be an opportunity for you to potentially play at the next level if you're good enough at it. I think it's a really mature decision. I applaud him for it. Get him in the game. Use him in these packages. And look, you just, you never know. It's still a young season. Sure. Something can happen through injury or poor play. And then you're the next guy up right away. Could wind up being your team. Look, if, if I'm being fair to, um, the Hurricanes and I'm calling a spade a spade, there were some things that Jaron did well. Jaron held the ball way too long. Right. Like you talked about those tackles getting beat by Zuniga and those guys. Yeah. There was, there were times when that pocket was collapsing and he didn't have time to do anything. There were a lot of other times where I'm yelling, get out, get it out of your hands. Like you got to get it out of your hands. And to your point, like that was just game one, dude. Hang in there. Be a good team player. Maybe after three or four games, this thing reverses and they're like, all right, Jaron's not the guy. I'm not wishing for that. But if you're Tate, maybe that what's, what trans, what's trans, what, is what is what transpires, and then you become the, the starting quarterback at University of Miami, right? I think again, well played, a uh, very mature decision by the young. All guy. right, football's back, man. Again, really excited. I know you guys did some prep stuff for your boy Emory, yeah. getting ready. That's going to be a weekly thing here in Canell and Bell, getting you ready for college football Saturdays and NFL Sundays. Speaking of NFL Sundays and a U alum, Lamar Miller, man, that torn ACL. It's really bad news there for the Texans in preseason. Um, I know there's another one that we talk about there, right? About the injuries and how much you need to play. Duke Johnson, who the Texans acquired there from the Browns now kind of steps into the role. It, it was interesting because there's this assumption that, it, that Duke will just kind of instantly step into Lamar's uh, carries and his workload. I actually chatted with some of our fantasy guys here. Both Dave Richard and Heath Cummings, uh, Still think Duke Johnson, despite the injury news, a sixth-round pick in non-PPR, and then Heath bumped it up a little bit in terms of a fifth or late fifth-round pick in PPR. So Bill O'Brien's talked about a, a running back by committee, maybe approach still despite the injuries here, but uh, another opportunity for a guy like Duke Johnson who, who wanted out Cleveland, hey. got it, and now got a shot. It's crazy how sports can be like just pure misfortune and, and tragedy for one person and then for the guy behind him it becomes the biggest and greatest opportunity and the mixed emotions that you would feel if you were Duke Johnson, right? Because Lamar Miller and Duke go way back to University of Miami. Duke was his backup. Lamar was a few years ahead of him. So that's your brother, right? Um, you hate to see him get injured. You realize that that's a tragic situation, but it provides this opportunity for you to step in and play what it's why you left cleveland and wanted out because you weren't getting touches i am no fantasy expert surely heath and those guys dave rich i will i will you know I, i'll defer to you on this but duke like if you're talking like per 48 in the nba when you scale his numbers he's been really really good especially catching the ball out of the backfield since he's come into the league mm -hmm. and in terms of what he does when he gets touches although he hasn't been the workforce back his numbers are really good when he gets touches yards per carry as well i think he's going to have a really big year there in texas okay so we're talking about a couple of you guys right now in terms of one injury from miller duke johnson potentially now stepping into the role and again our guys think sixth round although maybe take a flyer in the fifth round Potentially, maybe a little bit earlier, depending on uh, PPR format and how many drafts that you guys have going. Um, a lot of people, Raja, did their drafts this past weekend, like because Saturday prior to the like, Labor Sunday. Day. Well, yeah, because of Labor Day, and then you got to get together and like the live draft pre Online. pre Andrew Luck or post Andrew Luck. That's the thing. Like my buddies oh. back home, like I used to be part of a, a fantasy league that we always do in person. Yeah, and that's tough because 
You got to get all the guys there. If you if you can't live draft, you out. Like right. you can't do it, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. So okay. so my guys back home tweeted out and then they did their whole draft and, and they they had it at a bar they do every year and then my buddy, the one he took Andrew Luck, like and so then, you know, like most people, you got to scramble. Another thing a lot of people are doing now too is they're also looking at Andrew Luck and what the Colts were betting favorites to win the AFC. Sure. By a lot. Like they were like minus 140 before the Luck news. And then the Jags and the Texans were like four to one, a little bit more than four to one. That is now flipped. I'm looking yeah. at it now. Houston and Jacksonville, two to one odds. And then you have Tennessee at three twenty five. And so a little bit more than three to one. And Indy all of a sudden all the way down at four to one. Here are the updated odds. And boy, things and I said this too before last week because and this is before we knew Luck was gonna call it a career. We sure. were dealing with an injury. Yeah. I said if you like Jacksonville or Houston Buy them now. Like, take them now because their value is never going to be better. If you like Indy, you should hold off because those numbers will get better. And that's exactly what happened right now. A lot of our guys, like Pete Briscoe, really like Jacksonville. It's not because Pete's the vice mayor of, of Jacksonville up there, but uh, a lot of people like what Nick Foles is going on. When you see this right now, which team do you like to, to take the division? Houston. I think Tennessee's quarterback situation is a mess. Uh, Mariota has not looked good, and I do not trust Ryan Tannehill. Jacksonville, I'll give a little credit to. I think that defense is going to bounce back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Foles clearly is going to lend some stability to what's been an unstable situation there at quarterback. But I really like Houston, despite Lamar Miller's injury. Um, I think Deshaun you know, Watson has a, a, a good year. I think he takes the next step forward. I think they're going to be legit. And I think, you know, again, this touches on that whole Toronto cheering KD type of situation. Man, like. If you're a fan of any of those teams that were that were fighting for Indianapolis or fighting with Indianapolis, how excited are you versus right. the fans in Indianapolis who are just heartbroken? I, that it, we just touched the AFC South. I think AFC in general, like they were sitting there as a possible threat to even like the Pittsburghs of the world, the Browns, the KC. Ravens, KCs, right? So like yep. you you are uh, yeah Patriots, like you 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 know that reshuffles the deck in right. in the whole division. Yeah, and for Andrew Luck, who statistically has not always had the best postseason success, he's only played, I think, in like single-digit playoff games, like mm-hmm. eight, maybe nine. I think it's more like eight. He has owned the division, though. Against the AFC South, his numbers are absolutely fantastic, right. and now he's out. So, again, uh, what, life after Andrew Luck, man. What do you think about Jacoby Brissett? You know, it, that's the big question mark, right? Because a lot of people – It's here's <laughs> another thing uh, – Guys are optimistic that yeah. he's evolved as a quarterback. Right. That there's a better squad around him to potentially take over. He's young. He's still in his mid-20s. Sure. Now, the downside, which everyone will then, on the other side of the Jacoby Brissett conversation, is looking at his 2017 statistics, which were not really good, as well as his career numbers, which haven't been very good. But, you know, he's going to definitely have the the... Chance to do it now. Sat him out of that third preseason game, but he is going to have the chance now to take over a very good team and be, be interesting. a serviceable quarterback. Because most of those numbers, like you're talking about 5-12, uh, you know, 4-11 and 11 was one year in New England when they were, I mean, not New England, I'm sorry, in Indianapolis. When That's what I'm saying. He was, he had one, he was traded, he had one week to work with the starters and their team was pretty bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I, it's going to be interesting for me. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a quarterback. Um, guru, I can't assess them like that, but I think that the numbers that people are kind of using to project how good he's going to be this year are a little skewed. Like you have to take them with a grain of salt because he didn't have a whole lot of help there. He was there for one week. 
Um, it'll just be interesting to see. I asked because I, I I thought you might know better than me. Well, and then the only thing too, also from uh, button this thing up before we go to break. Fantasy perspective: Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, yeah. Eric Ebron, all have been slightly downgraded because of yeah change of quarterback, well, which sure. is natural. Oh, clearly, maybe Andrew now, Luck's better than than right. Yeah, so maybe I'm, you can get a little bit more value if you do believe in those guys. You know, you can pick up Mack and T.Y. maybe a little bit cheaper than you would have been able to before. Back here, Canell and Bell, on a Monday, the last week of August, as we get ready for the Labor Day weekend, and Team USA rebounds from a a loss to Patty Mills and Australia over the weekend. They get it done here this morning, beating Canada on Monday, but uh, really still got to talk about what happened this weekend, Raja. They got beat, bro. They, they, now they it was played. a road game out in Melbourne, 50k. Okay. I'm not, look, I'm Fighting not, Patty Mills's. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm surprised by it. Uh, I, I think that they will compete to win this tournament, but clearly, like our best players, uh, have elected not to play in this competition. And when you take into account that a lot of these other teams now have three and four NBA players on them as well, They've been playing together forever. A lot of those guys have come up in academies together, and they've been playing on your junior squads together since they were 12 and 13 years old with the sole goal of winning some kind of gold for their country so they're more cohesive as a unit. Like It's not surprising that they'll drop a game or two when you're rolling out the likes of of some of the guys that are on Team USA, and it's not a knock. It's just that our best players aren't there. Competition is better, and it has been that way. Everyone that is of age will always say dream team well 92 things were different and the team weren't as good and the country weren't as good and that was our best squad ever right. so that's not a competition I just feel like there's always going to be and it's interesting I'm curious to get your thoughts about like the player perspective because it's like Team USA will have to go and we saw the 78 game win streak snap so it's time to start a new one but like you got to go through the ebbs and flows where like you got to start either losing or you got to miss me for a, uh, an A-lister to come back, right? And it happened when USA got the bronze, and it's like take a little bit of time, then you, you started getting the squad back together. You have to be embarrassed. Right. You have to be embarrassed. Like, that's not an embarrassing loss, like, to Australia. I mean, on some degree it is. It, it's not embarrassing enough. Okay. Like, you, you lose and, like, you take the bronze in this event or – you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you take the bronze in this event, or for some reason you don't medal in this event. Like, that's catastrophic. That 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 elicits a response from from NBA players. You band together, you come out and show the world that we're dominant again. You, you know, you mess around and eke out a gold. Everybody's fine. It doesn't matter if you. Well, that's the game. thing, right? What if you're the Derek White, Miles Turner, Joe Harris's of the world? You don't want to be known as the team that squandered everything and got embarrassed, right? You just want to be able to ball out and. Yeah, but I mean, no disrespect to them cats, but. If they don't do it, then they weren't good enough. So that's what you're going to be known as, right? Like that's, I mean, look, we produce at, at, at the highest level, probably the best basketball on the planet. Um, it, the, the, the problem with this is it's not Olympics. Like Olympics holds a different type of weight. It's got a different cachet about it than yeah. just FIBA, you know, world championships to us as Americans, like to other countries with their basketball programs, the world championships mean a lot. You know, th- those games are, you know, the litmus test, right? Yeah. And, and they've been again, um, putting stock in it and preparing for it for a long time. So they don't have a problem in most instances getting their best players to come out. The scary thing about that Australia team is their best players not even playing for them. Ben Simmons isn't even there. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So that, no, but I mean, right. Like the point is, you know, these teams have gotten a lot better and they've been prepping for stuff like this. So when you roll out, I don't even know if that's your B team. 
as the U.S. Like real talk, like all the guys that have said no to that. That's probably your C, maybe D team. Yeah. Some of those guys might have been able to play on your A team, but not all of them. Some of them should not be there if your A, B, or C team is there. There's a, there's a chance that you're going to get beat. All right, so we have uh, Serbia there, one of the favorites in the competition. We got Giannis, obviously. Uh, out there as well for Team Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing with Popovich, uh, pension Patty Mills, obviously the two know each other very well from their time in the NBA, but here's Pop after the game talking about losing. We've already traded Patty. I wanted to tell him first before you guys got it all up there in the meeting. Too late now. That's fantastic. They already traded Pat. <laughs> he's already he's seen enough. Pop Pop has seen enough. And, you know, again, one one of the few times we get to see joyful and you know, jovial Pop. You know, I think it is an interesting conversation. Like, not that you asked me, but I'll just go off on a tangent here. Patty Mills, he's a really good, solid NBA player. He has flashes of moments when he's with uh San Antonio where he does stuff like that. But most people wouldn't say like he is a he's a star in the NBA, right? Like he puts on that jersey for Australia, yeah. the ball's in his hands. Um, he he just goes bananas. He turns into a different player. He's done it since the time he was like I don't know seventeen or eighteen years old um, for Australia. You know when you watch the NBA, sometimes not everybody is able to be a star. But I always say the NBA is kind of an opportunity league. If you're good enough, right? Uh, and they put the ball in your hands and they expect out of you and they groom you and they build the team. If you're good enough. There are a lot of guys in the NBA who could be franchise kind of guys. Now, they might not win championships. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? But they could be like 23 a night type of guys who are your main guy on that team. And I always think it's an interesting conversation because, you know, you'll have a guy like, say, let's say James Harden goes down, right? And then, you know, you'll have somebody else pop up in his stead that gets all of those shots. Now, they're not megastar like James Harden, but they could probably get you 22 a game given that amount of, that amount of, uh, 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 uh of, of, of shots and, 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 and usage of the rock. You know what I mean? It's an, it's a really interesting league like that. There are a lot of great players in the NBA, um, that if you put them on another team and you put them in other circumstances can do a lot of real work on their team. It might not be their job to do that though. Shouts to, I wasn't one of them, (laughs) but I was gonna say shouts to St. Mary's college out in Moraga, California. When you talk about guys like, uh, Matthew Delavadol. Yes, sir. Deli's on that team too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Grooming's those international guys to uh, to ball out not only in college but in the NBA. All right, time to hit the home stretch on Canel and Bell on this Monday, and we are talking about news that actually <laughs> kind of broke Friday. I was I was working and I was like half foot out the door, getting ready to go, and all of a sudden the news came that uh, Memphis was buying out Dwight Howard's deal with him come to LA. So okay. an update on it. Uh, I'm reading here that his deal with the Lakers as he's set to sign with Los Angeles, non-guaranteed, and reportedly has been told that if he disrupts the team, he will be gone. That's a way so, to start a relationship. Like, well, that's How often it. do those work out? How often do the ones where you have to preface it by, if you disrupt this team, you are gone? How often do those relationships work out in sports? I mean, we've spent weeks and months talking about Melo and how he adjusts and what he does. I mean, if you're feeling if you're deep well right now, you're feeling like Dwight Howard looking at that going, man, I got to go AD, LeBron. And then what does that even mean? Does that mean I can't even speak up to Frank Vogel? Does that mean I can't even say what I want to say? Does that mean that I can't even talk? I, that means, bro, you better be on your best behavior. If we're going to get you up out of here. Now, listen, I will say, um, when we as Cleveland got J.R. Smith from the Knicks and J.R. had been in a whole lot of stuff, 
JR was told when he came to Cleveland that it was a one strike policy. Like there, like if he, if, you know, so we needed him to be on the, on the best version of himself. And he was, he was great. Uh, so that's not unheard of. So I, I said, how often does that work out? Well, you know, to some degree it worked out great for JR and Cleveland. Um, I hope it works out for LeBron and, and, and the Lakers and for Dwight Howard because ultimately, you know, I want to see the Lakers be viable and have a chance to win something. I'd like to see LeBron, um, get back to the promised land, so to speak. I don't have a lot of data that would suggest from Dwight's side that he can go in there and everything's going to go great. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just going to be interested to watch. Maybe if they win, they can kind of help rejuvenate. That's the thing where like you talk about the J.R. Smith situation, there's a difference though between like strikes and actual disrupts. Like, cause that just means like that's some day to day type stuff. Like, how sure. does it mean you disrupt? Again, you're being annoying. You're just coming out and you're saying stuff. You're not running the pick and roll like you're supposed to. As opposed to like, hey, if you mess up and then that's your strike, that's a, that's an actual like rule or correct action. I, this is just going to be different. I don't even know. Like, I've never been in a locker room with the dude. So to your point about like disrupt, like, I don't even know what he does that's that disruptive. Like, I, I'd be interested. Uh, if anyone knows to give me a little background, <laughs> I don't have, maybe I'll make a few calls today. Uh, all right. So James Harden. Yeah. I'm seeing here wants to unleash Stop. a one legged three. Stop. This year. We got a video of it. Do we? Uh, here we go. Uh, we'll pick and roll him. He drifts to the corner. Guy's scared to get blown by. So he's not really playing him. And yeah. So go to your right, step off your left, shoot left, obviously, because he's the beard. I'm trying to figure out what advantage is gained. Well, because it's like a fadeaway, right? So like it's another version of a step back fadeaway. Like you can't get to that shot. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, he's drifting all the way. Why didn't he need to drift? Just pull up. Well, that's what I'm saying. There was so much space there, he could have just shot his regular step back. I'm trying to figure out. Well, maybe he ain't gonna have that space in the NBA because it's the same thing here. It's just in gym, so maybe he's just replicating that he's gonna have like a. Listen, I'm not gonna doubt the beard, man. He has kind of gone to the. Gone to the uh uh the gym every summer and kind of you know created another move or another advantage advantageous way to score the ball um per current NBA rules. So if anybody can go in there um and and, and figure out something new and innovative uh that's going to take over the league, I, I think it would be James Harden. That one I'm not so sure about though. James Harden, thirty years old. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Was in his prime? No, he's doing work, straight work. He's gonna have. Yeah, well, Tell you what, you got to ball a lot less this year. You can get them step backs. <laughs> well, I just look at you and Russ. How many yeah. step backs are going to be available off the one leg for him this year? That usage rate has to go down. It's been a long time since that 0-9-10 all-rookie team for him yeah. and then getting seven-time all-stars since then. Obviously, a lot of that having to do with his time in Houston. All right, we've got a little over a minute left to go. Let's talk about Jimmy G real quick. Yeah. Uh, just that he had... Last week, I'm sure with you and Danny talking about how poorly he played in that Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to get out there and get some reps, man. He looked really good against Kansas City, and hopefully, if you're a Niner fan, this is what's to come: is the Jimmy G you paid 137 and a half million dollars for. Correct. You want to see Jimmy G be healthy uh, and come through the preseason unscathed, and then continue to make the progressions as he gets more and more reps. He hadn't played a whole lot of football prior to getting the money from San Francisco. He had worked his way nicely into there before he got injured, and then he's off for a whole year. There's going to be a level of rust that has to be knocked off. You want him to stay healthy, get through the preseason unscathed, and continue to see him make improvements, which you're seeing. Jimmy G will be fine. Jimmy G, by the way, did it at Kansas City. It's the same stadium out in Arrowhead where he tore his ACL in week three of last season. So a bit of a mental thing for him to get over that. 
play well. Niners do have one more preseason game against the Chargers, but again, really nobody important is going to be playing in that game because the dress rehearsal is already done. So they do open the season at Tampa Bay on the 8th of September. So look out for that Niner Empire. All right. Got a few minutes left to go. What have you been doing today? What are we looking out for today? Um, what am I going to be doing today? I don't know. Oh, our, our high school team has open gyms tonight. So if you'd like to come by and see what, what, like we're going to look like this year, come by and check out some of the kids run a little bit. I might hop in the game, surprise them and play with them. You know what? This is, I think I can judge talent and a kid's feel for playing better if I'm playing on the court with them than if I sit in the stands and watch it, right? Like I just kind of came to that realization yesterday. Yep. So I'm going to hop out in the games with them and try to play off of some of them and see what their BBIQ looks like because I think I could judge it better playing than watching. All right, we'll look out for that. Maybe talk about it on Canel and Bell. Roger, good stuff as always. Right, Coming up next, HQ, our guy Casey Kiernan. Got you covered. Coming up in a little bit.